beyond labels, titles, and roles exists the true you. And living from the inside out helps you peel past those layers to reveal who you actually are at your core. How do I know? I've been purposefully pursuing this path for several years, awakening to the knowledge that you're not the thoughts you think, you're separate from them. My name is Bridget Blythe-Briere, and I spent a long time being an imposter in my own life, including 15 years clinging to a career I thought I had to. In fact, I believe that a lot of us are hiding behind what we think we're supposed to do and who we think we're supposed to be. And that's why I created this podcast. As I really get to know the true me, I'm sharing it with you, intending for these episodes to provide you with guideposts to pursue your own path to do the same. I call it being socially responsible, taking accountability for thoughts, actions, and reactions to help yourself get out of your own way, create a deeper connection to yourself and the world around you, and to show up as who you're truly meant to be. Let's go. Before we get into our next chat, because this is the second in our socially responsible conversation series coming up today, I wanted to sincerely thank all of you who keep coming back week after week. It is so beautiful to share and connect with you, so thank you. Now let me tell you a little bit about our guest, Kristen Michalizzi. She's a mom of four, and she's worked in corporate sales, education, disability advocacy. Obviously, she's very busy with four kids, but As she'll tell us, she felt called to a higher purpose. And so she took inspired action to become a mindset and empowerment coach. And she did this during the pandemic. Isn't that cool? We're going to talk today about showing up for ourselves, learning to trust ourselves, worthiness, what ifs, and more. Now, interestingly, Kristen and I had never met or spoke before recording this episode, but We were connected on social media because we had some, you know, kind of like similar people in our circles. And one day, Kristen sent me the following message through Facebook. She wrote, hi, Bridget. I wanted to introduce myself. I love your work and your podcast. It seems that we share a lot of the same ideals. My daughter also dances at the place where our kids dance. I would love to be on your podcast if you ever have guests. I'm launching a podcast as well and would love for you to come on mine. Now, I'm sharing that because isn't that such a cool thing to do? Instead of just sitting back and being like, oh, that person seems cool, interesting, nice, whatever, she actually took action and reached out to me. And I thought that was awesome because we had been following each other on social media and just like liking each other's stuff. But right away, I wrote back to her because I had never had guests on this podcast before. And I wrote back, hi, I love our beautiful, energetic connection. I haven't figured out how to do guests yet, but yes, would love to do something together. And so she's the reason why I have this conversation series going now. And our conversation with Kristen is coming up right after this. want to first thank you because the whole reason that I'm having guests on this podcast is because you reached out to me. Oh, normally I'm a big, like, 
that's not easy. So I'm not going to do that person. Okay. So normal me would be like, well, no, I have my format and I don't want to have guests because then I have to like schedule a time excuses. But I launched into the Mel Robbins five second rule. Are you familiar with this? Yes. I was like, yes. I four, three, two, one, you messaged me. And I was like, yes. <laughs> and then remember, I was like, do you think this is crazy? Will you come on and talk about your, you know, your personal stuff? And you were like, yes, I love it. I'm like, okay. So thank <laughs> you. You inspired me. And I think that people will get a lot out of this sort of format because there's so much to learn from other people's perspective. Absolutely. And Absolutely. I am super excited to find out a little bit more about you, especially because you did two really hard things at a really hard time. So right before pandemic started, we heard in your bio that you became alcohol free. And Correct. then on top of that, which is hard in and of itself, I would have to imagine you decided that you were going to become you know, a mindset coach and like what prompted all of that? So honestly, I had been hearing whispers for like years that um, I needed more in my life. So, you know, I have a, like a very blessed, like I have great kids and I have the, the life, right. That the ideal we have nice house and a nice town four kids, like just got a dog. Um, but I just always felt sort of uninspired, like whispers that like, you need to be doing more than what you're doing. Um, and so the alcohol thing ha had been kind of coming to me off and on for a long time. I tried like whole 30, a couple of times. The only thing I was never successful at was that with was the drinking aspect. So it was, it came to a point where I was relying way too heavily on alcohol and it just seemed like everything we did revolved around drinking. So, you know, we would work during the week. Um, and then the weekends were like, where are we going to go to dinner? And I even like realized after I had become alcohol free that not only would I like decide where to go to dinner based on like the food and the drinks, but I would say like, well, I don't want to go to that restaurant because there's no place to go after to get a drink after we leave that restaurant, which was dumb because we almost never did go somewhere else afterwards, but it just became such a central part of my life. And I was like, this is not um, making me the best version of myself. So um, I just decided like, it's time. It's, you know, I was getting the whispers. I, a lot of the people that I had um, looked up to, like, not that I know personally, but people like Glennon Doyle and um, different people just they were sober and I was like, maybe there's something to this that I really need to explore. So can I, can I interrupt you briefly and just yeah, say, absolutely. would you consider yourself to have had a problem with alcohol? Like so it's really interesting. So I um I think that that's often the question, right? Like the way we look at alcohol is like either you have a problem with alcohol and you don't drink it, or why aren't you drinking? Um, are you pregnant? Are you that, you know, it's like such a part, like it's so um, saturated in our society right now that it's people often look and say like, if you're not drinking, you must have a problem with drinking. Now, I would say if you really looked, um, you know, with a kind of a microscope into my private life, anybody would say I had a problem with alcohol. 
it was not a, an issue that like trickled into any other parts of my life. So I didn't like, I was still getting up for work. I work with kids. Like I was, I wasn't drinking during the day. It was a very like gray area kind of drinking issue where I wanted to drink all the time, but, um, it wasn't so problematic that I was getting into any kind of trouble with my life. But I also thought if I continue down this path, who's to say, I mean, there's gotta be a fork in the road where it's a problem or not a problem. And then suddenly a problem. Um, I also read a phenomenal book actually during quarantine called we are the luckiest by Laura McCowan. And she's actually local. She lives in Marblehead. And there's a, my, one of my favorite chapters in the book was called the wrong damn question. <laughs> and it set, it's this whole point where we either see people as alcoholics or you drink. That's like sort of the line in the sand. And she said, what if we're asking the wrong question? What if it, instead of asking, do we have a problem with alcohol? What if we ask, is alcohol bringing any, adding anything to my life? Oh my God. That's so good. Right. So that really hit me because I said, you know, for some people defining themselves as an alcoholic could be helpful in their recovery. For other people, it could be very traumatizing to have to, you know, state that, or, you know, taking a survey online to say, am I an alcoholic mm -hmm. or not? Cause who's the judge really. Um, but she posed it a different way to say like, what is this bringing into my life? Is this bettering me? Am I, am I my best self? And then the final question was, am I free? And I just like, it really moved me. And that was a few months into my sobriety, but, um, I just made the decision. I, my son actually was all very kind of like universally guided. So my, my son is a new year's baby. He, he has significant special needs. So he went into the hospital on January 1st, which was also his birthday. And I said, now is the time, like what better time than January 1st, like, you know, new beginnings, whatever. So I made the decision inpatient in the hospital. I was, we ended up being there for a week. This is it. I'm, and I jumped into like listening to podcasts and reading books and articles and just like really digging deep into it. And it wasn't until months later that I realized the amount of clarity it brought to my life and how much I've like up-leveled my life in such a short amount of time that I just have to believe that it was the only decision that was right for my life. So, and do you feel as though this has been like the big step forward for you or were there little tricklings before leading to you kind of opening your heart and mind to self-improvement or whatever you call the process? I know we all have different like names yep. for it and it doesn't really matter what you call it. It's just a matter of doing it. But like, were there other things leading up to that or was that like the, okay, here I go moment it there were little things all like throughout the years like but now looking back I see them even more I sure. said that I was preparing for this time for my entire life and it wasn't until it all came together that I said like remember when I thought this or when this happened or when I left this job or when I like entered this job it all seems to make sense now so I really feel like it was just kind of like coming to the top of the mountain, right? Like, so I like climbed and there were little areas along the way. And now I just feel like ever since I made that decision, 
it's been like quantum leaps forward. It gives me chills because I, I know what it's like to be able to look back and not feel bitter or mad or angry and just see the, the divine guidance that was leading you to where you are and where you're going. And it's just so beautiful. What allows you to do that? Do you think? I, I, I honestly feel like I've always been a very like feeling person. Like I, I recently started working with, well, the thing that started the whole coaching aspect of life is um, when I was in the hospital and I gave up alcohol, I had um, sort of been following a friend of a friend who um, I just really admired. She had a child with special needs. We seemed to have a lot in common. And like, strangely enough, while I was sitting in the hospital, I'm like, I'm going to message her and like, just say like, can we go on a walk sometime or meet for coffee? Because I just felt like something was telling me you're supposed to be friends with this woman or work with this woman or do something with her. So I messaged her and I said, you're probably going to think I'm crazy. And she's like, nope, this is totally my type of crazy. So I welcome it. And um, so then she ended up getting into coaching. Fast forward a few months, she announced that she was becoming an intuitive coach. And I literally was like, I'm supposed to work with her. Like, this is what, this is why I had already contacted her. And it was like, I, it was one of those decisions where like, I went, there was an investment, right? So I went to my husband and I said, what do you think about this? Really bracing myself for him to be like, well, we'll see, you know, let's talk about it, whatever. And he was like, do it. And I was like, really? And he's like, yeah, you just have to do it. And I was the type of person my whole life that like, I had my money mindset issues where I'd like buy a shirt at the mall when I was a teenager and like keep the tags on for two weeks because I was like, should I have bought that shirt? I probably shouldn't have. And so I'd second guess like every decision I ever made. And this was the one decision where I was like, nope, I'm fully trusting that this is where I'm meant to be and what I'm meant to be doing. And that was another quantum shift in my life that once I started working with her, it was like, things just started to clear up for me. And she, what she is, is an intuitive coach. So I actually use a lot of her coaching practices in my own practice. And it's just like remembering to trust ourselves, especially as women. So like our whole lives, we've been conditioned to mistrust ourselves. And we all have this power of intuition and we turn it off because we, are, we mistrust ourselves. So you know, she's really helped me to learn a lot about being introspective and being able to find the answers within instead of looking for them everywhere else. Because we do, we look for them. We look to our friends, we look to our family, we look to society. And really, we don't need to look anywhere except inside ourselves, because that's where the answers really are. I have a history of mistrusting myself, like just shoving down the intuition. I mean, I had a series of abusive relationships because I wasn't one, because I didn't respect myself at the time. Um, but two, because I was not listening to the, the true self that was like, Hey, you, the whispers, you're talking about, Hey, you, this isn't right. Like you need to go. And I think a lot of people just like you said, they struggle with that. And so what kind of client is coming to you or will come to you and, and who are you working with? So I feel like sort of myself a little while ago, right? Yeah. So, um, and that my coach always puts it in the best way to say, like, when we're in coaching, it's 
it's almost like we're just like a few steps ahead with the flashlight, you know, in the along the trail saying like, watch out for this rock and watch out for this pothole. Like we're just guiding the way a little bit ahead. So, um, you know, I feel like everybody has purpose and, um, life really can be magical and amazing and fulfilling. And I think we get sucked into this idea that like life is kind of shitty. And then, you know, everyone's kind of miserable and no one really likes their job, but we have to do it anyway. And we work for the weekends and then we're exhausted, but it's not true. (laughs) So, um, you know, I really am inspired to just show, especially women that they can trust themselves, that they deserve pleasure and joy. And, um, really just that at the end of your life, do you want to look back and say, like, what if I had made these choices or what if I had lived a little bit more or do you want to come to the end of your life and say you know you could say anything you could say oh like that didn't work out but at least you don't have the regret that you didn't try so I think for me I was playing very small in my life and I always knew like there are things that you're interested in and that are bigger that are um you know risky or that are you know feel vulnerable but if you don't do those things you're going to get to a point in your life where you regret that you didn't do things differently so I just decided that I want to help other people realize the same so I have two kind of follow-up questions here so I'm going to try to remember them and ask them (laughs) so that we don't get too distracted so I guess the, the first thing is like um I've been in therapy on and off for many years mostly on for like the last chunk of time since I've been a mom do you know like how it's different you know I go to talk therapy so like how would what your services be a little bit different because what you're talking about sounds so like I would love that kind of guidance because when I go to therapy mostly I'm just like okay here's my issues and I've been reading this and and here's how I've been helping myself and it's really just a place for me to like dump safely not that I don't love and value my my therapy I do absolutely you know, she's not shining the flashlight so much. So I I like what you're saying. What's a little bit different about what you're offering? So I feel like, like I would love to just have a therapist and a coach and like a whole bunch of tools in my toolbox, because I think it's all like necessary and everybody should do it. Um, But I feel like when I was going to therapy, you know, I was always looking for like, tell me what to do next. Like, you know, help me decide like what I, where I should go or what direction I should go in. And that's really not a therapist's place. You know, you go and you say all the things you have to say and they listen and, you know, hold We do the same thing as coaches. Like I definitely hold space for my clients. They come to me, they lead the conversation. I try to find their stuck points or, you know, what, sometimes there's like trauma that we have to, to, um, you know, that we come up against. Um, but also there's that next piece where I can provide guidance on, you know, ideas for what to do next. So I have a client who owns a business, so I help her make, you know, really she makes the decisions, but I help her kind of find that intuitive voice inside to figure out what her next steps are. So I think it's a little bit more um, like offering leadership for inspired action. So really 
kind of guiding you to tune in to what your, your body is telling you and your, you know, thoughts are telling you and you're, you know, getting over those stuck points to move forward. And then to circle back to the second piece that I wanted to ask you about, you said that you felt like you were playing small and I, I totally get that. Like where we dim our light because whatever reason, insert reason here, excuse. Yep. (laughs) Do you feel like it was fear that was making you play small or, or what was it? I think sometimes it was fear. I think it was also this notion that like, I could just do it later. Like, Mm -hmm. like, so I don't know if you've read the book Untamed by Glennon Doyle, but one of my favorite lines is when she said, I'll do it in my next life as if I have another one. And I think a lot of times that's how we feel that like, oh, the, you know, vacation can wait or this can wait or the other thing can wait because I'll do it later. And later doesn't always come. So, um, and, and I also think some of it was just safety in doing things that I knew I could do well. And I didn't really have to get out of my comfort zone too much. Um, But also what my coach helped me uncover is that a lot of times we have fear of what if I do get what I want? What if I'm successful? Like, what will that look like? And it sounds crazy, but a lot of our fears are around, you know, if I'm successful and I get really busy, am I going to wish I didn't have so much work to do? Or if too many people see me, am I going to wish like I could retreat a little bit? Um, So I think our fears are sometimes the opposite of what we automatically think they are. And they're more, what if actually I get everything that I saying I want, like, will, will, will I be able to handle that? So she's, you know, done a lot of work with me around figuring out what the fears are so that you can just address them and, you know, show them the door basically. Which makes complete sense because to your previous point, we, we're not getting a second life like Glenda Doyle said, like we, it's now, I literally just got done preparing a post that says, what are you waiting for? Like, you know, because it, it, I like this podcast, for example, I had just sat on it for a long time. Cause I was like, Oh, but then I have to like do it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, and then now I'm doing it and I'm like, I, I enjoy it. And even if one person listens, I'm like, yes, I feel good. Like it just gives me a place to put, put some, some of that, that energy and to share, because as you know, when you're leveling up, even if it's, even if it's just in here, leveling up in here, it feels so good. Right. And you want to be like, you guys, you can have this too. Yes. Yes. And that's exactly where I am right now, where I've just like seen how quickly you can literally manifest what you want out of life. And it's like, it's amazing. I mean, when you just lean in and it's really about just like leaning in and trusting because right now our society is so like, we talk a lot about like masculine and feminine energy, right? And we all have both, but we're in such a masculine driven society where it's like push, you have to hustle and grind and it's going to be hard and it's going to be like, you know, mud on the face and so difficult, whereas the opposite feminine energy is more like, you know, ease and flow and allowing, you know, allowing things to come to you, which really, if you lean in and trust, like the universe shows up in like the craziest ways where you just 
if you just trust. And really it's just like a mindset thing, right? Like setting your, it's not spiritual bypassing where you say like, just think positive and everything will be fine. It's honoring your feelings, welcoming them in so that you can address them and you're not numbing them down with alcohol or shopping or any of the other things we use to numb and you're addressing it. And then you're, you know, being open to receiving whatever is you're worthy of, which is the other piece. And the other huge piece is worthiness. Like so many of us, especially women think, you know, who am I to set, who am I to have this? You know, who am I to have this success or who am I to be a voice for others? Um, but we don't, you know, worthiness is a birthright. It's not something you have to earn. You, you know, you don't have to earn anything you desire. You don't have to earn rest. You don't have to earn anything. It's all, you know, worthiness is your birthright. So I think that's a huge part of it too. 100% agree with you. And I love what you said about, <laughs> about the positive mindset. Like, it's not just like, believe it, everything is great. And it will be because I did go through about a, I would say like a six to eight month period where I was just like, I'm going to think positive and I will be great. And it worked for a while. It's just like, oh, I'll just keep, keep on with my positivity. And then I was like, oh gosh, I, I, I need more to back it up. I can't just think positive through everything. Like I need to create space to observe it and absorb it and see. And then, and you know, for me, it worked to like read books and listen to podcasts and things like that, but it certainly would have helped to have someone like you and the services that you provide to like talk it out and make a plan. And so I, I think there's just such great value in, in what, what you offer because the shift is here. It's, it's a happening. Like we yeah, are, we are waking up to our worthiness. Even if, even if we're not grabbing it, I think more and more of us are like, no, I do. I deserve. Yeah. And then it's a matter of like, how, like, how do you navigate old habits? And that's one of the things that I talk about a lot um, in, in these podcasts is navigating through autopilot behaviors to override that and actually fly the brain plane and make changes. Because when we're so used to doing things one way, it's very hard, but possible, as you know. Yeah to make, make the change. Is there like kind of one non-negotiable that, that you would impart for people, like just trying to take that first step to breaking some kind of mindset habit? Um, yes, I would say showing up for yourself, like every day, every single day, show up for yourself. So if it can be in the morning, I think that's huge because the way we start the day is the way we do the day. So if you can start your day off in the right mindset, it's going to help shift your entire day. Um, something I've learned recently was that we have 70,000, I think, thoughts every single day and 95% of them are repetitive. So they're thoughts we've thought before. So we literally become addicted to whatever our mindset has been. So we, we were addicted to stress. We're addicted to um, complaining. We're addicted to it all. And it feels good because our body is used to it. So getting ourselves just to make that tiny little shift every day 
um, it's like the 2% rule. I don't know if you've heard of that, where like, you know, if you get on a plane and you're headed to California and the pilot shifts his navigation 2%, you're gonna, you're gonna end up on a different continent, like a totally different space than you had been in. Um, so just making those tiny little shifts and being compassionate with yourself, like, you know, and realizing you're gonna make mistakes, you're gonna, you're, it's not gonna be rainbows and unicorns all the time, but just giving yourself the grace that when you have the tough stuff, you can get through it and making these little shifts where you can, but also just really showing up for yourself. Like nobody needs a selfless woman. <laughs> like the, those, like that lie is needs to be put to rest. Yes, like, because, because then what, ha what happens? He, he, nothing, right? right. Like, <laughs> and, and what do we should like, especially like as a mom of a daughter, um, one of my friends the other day had said that she felt like she made a lot of progress because she told her daughter when normally she would never say no to her daughter when it came to like driving her places she was a teenager and she had like a whole day off from work that she wanted to spend for her so she told her daughter no and she was like i can't believe i did it and actually like i felt really guilty but i wanted to have this day for me and we ended up like rearranging what she needed to do so it still worked out for her but i just felt guilty and um, I said, but look at the lesson you're teaching your daughter because you sh showed up for yourself. And don't you want her to carry that with her? Um, you know, you don't, you don't want your daughter to think that she always has to be in service to others. And believe me, I'm a huge, you know, I'm, I have four kids, like, and they're young. So I'm always showing up for other people. But if I don't show up for me first, then I'm not showing up fully for them. Absolutely. So I think that that's like huge. Yeah, because then you don't have anything to pour from if you're not filling up. Yep. And it's similar to you. I have I have mom friends who who express guilt in doing things for themselves or separating from from their children, and it's like no, we we need to recharge. It's like plugging in our cell phone when the battery gets low. Like we need that time, and you know, it's the again, it's the worthiness. Like yeah, you're you're worthy of it, and so are and so is the fam so is the family. Right, they're worthy Absolutely. of you being your best and showing up as your best. Absolutely, and okay. they notice. Yeah, I want to circle back to the 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 part you mentioned about like the thoughts, the repetitive thoughts, because one of my long time, I mean, I have so many <laughs> that I'm working on, but like I had a very hurry up, hurry up, gotta hurry, gotta hurry, rush, 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 rush mentality for a long time, and it fueled I I manage anxiety and so it would like fuel that feeling which is very familiar where it's like the heart is racing and i'm like you know kind of rushing around and doing a lot of busy things and like even just talking about it you can see i'm getting like yeah. oh, no that's not the truth i it's the same 24 for everybody every day and so rewriting that narrative where i like now i i stop when i notice myself getting all worked up i stop because my kids started to say to me, mommy, you're making me feel very rushed and nervous because you're always yelling at us to hurry up. And I'm like, oh my God, I'm, I'm like imparting this piece of me that I'm trying to heal onto them. And I don't, that's not what I want. And so it makes me, you know, again, slow down and reflect on that. Is there a thought that you can think of that you have had to kind of rewire for yourself? Hmm. That's a good question. I think for me, it's, 
taking on other people's energy. Mm. So like, if there's a lot of stress in the house, like I tend to take that on personally. And I think letting that, letting people be in whatever mood they need to be in or whatever stuff they're going through, like not taking it personally, especially with a teenager, you know, it's like, if she's in her mood or whatever, just like not taking that on to be my mood, you know? So, um, but that goes for everybody in the house, just kind of balancing whatever I'm feeling, or also just taking a second, right? So when you're in that state of like, I'm just not in a good mental space, where we, it happens to all of us to be able to say, time out, I need to take a minute. Um, a few months ago, I actually put up a post because my husband had said, like, you seem off. And I was like, yeah, I don't know why I just woke, woke up on the wrong side of the bed and I didn't meditate that morning. And I was like, I just am not feeling myself. And he's like, you know, go take 10 minutes. So I like came up, I did a meditation and I was like, couldn't believe the shift that that little 10 minutes that really wasn't taking away from anybody. Nobody probably even noticed I was gone, um, shifted the entire day. So just realizing that like, you can take a pause at any point in your day and reset. And sometimes that's all we need is a little like, or, you know, pulling in the driveway. Sometimes I'll pull in the driveway and I'll just sit in the car for like a few minutes and say, I just need to take a minute before I go into the house so that I'm in the right mindset before I come in. And then I'm showing up better for everybody else. And I think you did kind of answer this, but I just want to make sure we make it very clear. Do you still have bad days? Oh God. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think it's important to, to talk about that because, you know, there's no magic life is perfect recipe, but having the tools to say, I can reset, I can give myself space from this and then come at it with a fresh mind. I think that's very important. One of my favorite quotes is, um, pain is inevitable, but suffering is optional. So we can, we're going to experience the tough stuff and, you know, pain obviously sounds like I'm talking little pain, you know, big T, little T, right? Big trauma, little time where it's inevitable. We're going to have stressors and things that come at us that are, you know, difficult to deal with, but it's all about, are, am I going to live in that space or am I going to invite it? You know, it's like a welcome. My, I, my mentor, Kathy is Kathy Heller. She's brilliant. But she, she says she welcomes her emotions in with a welcome mat, right? Come in, sit for a while, whatever, deal with it. And then you can let, let it go. Um, she played this, I taking one of her master classes, and she played the house that built me by Miranda Lambert. And in that song, she says, if I could just come in, I swear I'll leave. And it's like the same sort of thing with feelings or stress or whatever, like, be compassionate to yourself. Realize that you're going to go through pain points throughout each day. And if you can learn to just, you know, let it ride or even do some positive reappraisal where you say like, what is this moment coming to teach me? Then you can easy, you can shift out of it a little bit easier and then not like take, not let yourself reside there, you know, because you can, like I said, if all those thoughts are subconscious and repetitive, you could live there for years and just be in 
guilty. Terrible state, you know? So I think it's just like making those tiny shifts every day that get you a little bit closer to who you want to be and living authentically. We could, as we said before we started recording, we could probably talk forever. And I, I am going to look forward to getting to know you better and, and talking offline. But thank you so much for coming on and being a part of the Socially Responsible podcast. I think there's just such a, a very clear, happy, warm vibration from you. And anybody who works with you will be very lucky to get your guidance. And I'm oh, so grateful to know so you. Much. Thank you for reaching out to me. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. I knew when we were first connected, I was like, we have to sync up somehow. You're like, I feel like we have a lot of the same thoughts on things. I'm like, we 100%. Like, it was like one of those, like, like, like back and forth, like yep. passing notes in school. <laughs> yeah, totally. Thank you. Thank you so much. I really want to hear from you. So find me on Instagram at socially responsible, just like the name of the podcast. And please, in gratitude for liking what you hear, take a moment to leave a review, subscribe, and share. Socially responsible, living from the inside out.